Get ready for the greatest roast of all time. The Roast of Tom Brady. A Netflix live event happening May 5th. Hosted by Kevin Hart, the seven-time world champion gets his cleats held to the fire by famous friends and frenemies on an unforgettable night where everything is fair game. Tune in on May 5th at 5 p.m. Pacific time for The Roast of Tom Brady, live only on Netflix. You ready? Showtime. On May 3rd, summer starts with The Fall Guy. What are you doing later? Let's drink a spicy margarita. Make some bad decisions. Yes! Audiences are falling in love with the most entertaining film of the year. Fall guy. Fall guy. Fall guy. That's what the poster said. See Ryan Gosling and Emily Blunt in the movie critics say exists to make you happy. Trying to make it out? Nope. Because I don't either. It's not what I'm into right now. What are you into? Talking. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the Fall Guy. Only in theaters May 3rd. Read it PG-13. This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Whether you're selling a little or a lot. Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. From the launch your online shop stage, all the way to the we just hit a million orders stage. No matter what stage you're in, Shopify's there to help you grow. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash special offer, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash special offer. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, Quick strategic thinking is crucial, and with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown, and through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. There we go. <laughs> hey, White Sox fans, Southside Sox. Mothership podcast number 44, I believe. Not the circumstances I thought we would be recording our next Mothership podcast, but uh, rather than discussing a White Sox sweep, let's just go ahead and say sweep over Minnesota or a strong streak, strong bounce back after a sort of shaky series against the Kansas City Royals this past weekend. Instead, we're going to talk about the unwritten rules, Tony LaRusso bullshit. Um, I was hoping to punt this podcast to tomorrow, in fact. So we maybe could discuss a series win, maybe a series sweep. But instead, we have to put the emergency uh, uh, flashing lights. We're flashing our sirens now on Tony LaRusso. Uh, I'm only doing this because I don't think we cannot, I don't think we can avoid addressing the fact that Tony is thrown his rookie of the year contender your mean mercedes under the bus pregame tonight uh, of course late breaking as we are hey yesterday it was uh, <laughs> it was darren black seeing danny mendick hit a grand slam just as we're going to record just before we recorded uh or started our recording uh, apparently duffy threw at your mean uh rockle baldelli apparently his monocle dropped somewhere between last night's game and today because now he was like well i was surprised at what happened i'm surprised that on 3-0 a major league hitter swung the bat and it went a long way off of my second baseman my portly second baseman chucking literally underhanding the ball to the plate uh and your mean got thrown at so baldelli got tossed the pitcher got tossed and who knows what's going to happen Maybe Tony's going to get red ass, and now uh, he's going to hit three twins. Who knows? 
Uh, with me, the full uh, Indianapolis field officer, Southside Sox, once again, Super Joseph Rhesus, Crystal O'Keefe, Crystal Billy hopping on the game thread, <laughs> spitting some venom. I'm liking it. If this is what it takes to get him back, we can talk about this dumb fuckery. If he is going to come back for this, I'm all for it. So anyway, O'Keefe household, heavy into it on Southside Sox tonight. Crystal, thanks for hopping on. Uh, Joseph as well. Uh Okay, I'm, I've already bleeped myself enough, so uh, talk to me about this nonsense, please. You got it. <laughs> Listen, I, I just want to get this out. If you're going to fucking preach about unwritten rules, then perhaps you should go through your actual rule book first and not be a stupid idiot, Okay. <laughs> Unwritten rules, there's a reason they're not written down. If you're playing in the major league, hit the fucking ball. I don't care. Hit it. You can be up 20. Hit the ball. And don't preach about your old-time bullshit. I'm done. Like, fire him to the moon. Let me inject Joe before you hop on. Dan Victor, Southside Sox uh, writer, was tweeting earlier about the fact it took him all of a year to go back in the annals of a baseball reference to find that in 2019, as recent as 2019, the Twins, uh, um, Jonathan Shope, uh hit a home run. I don't think it was on 3-0, so I guess it was legit. Hit a home run off a position player. Uh, La Tortuga was probably on the bench. He played about half that year. He could have been on the bench there observing. I'm guessing he was high-fiving Shope. Uh, I'm guessing he wasn't feeling bad for Chris Davis, who was the position player throwing the ball. Uh, again, game out of hand, clearly. Um, so two years ago, again, Rocco Baldelli was not the manager. That was, I believe, Paul Molitor in 2019. Um, I'm guessing he was He's probably old school, too. Uh, at any rate, just a little bit of reference for all of this nonsense. Uh, Super Joseph, uh, give me your thoughts. There is a lot to digest here, <laughs> to say the least. And I'm not quite sure where to begin, but I think a good place to start would be one of the comments that really stuck with me today, which was that uh, obviously Mercedes had said, you know, that you know, he was playing his game and then Larusa said that, no, he wasn't. He's playing the game of Major League Baseball as though, like, in Major League Baseball, you're not supposed to be trying your hardest in certain situations. Like, this one, this unwritten rule seems to be just, like, imposing unnecessary constraints on players, and especially in the case of Mercedes, where he's going to go to arbitration and he's going to get paid for his stats. And if he's going to have an opportunity to drive a ball against someone who's not paid to pitch, it would be foolish on his end to not take that opportunity, especially when, in his case, there's money potentially involved here. And it was, I imagine, a big slap in the face to Mercedes to have his manager not stand up for him in this way. And, um, yeah, certainly a very bad way for La Russa to quiet the critics that he's had early on in this season. Yeah. It's been six weeks that Tony, I guess more, I guess longer if we count spring training, six weeks that Tony has held to what he said. And I listen, I gave compliments probably on this podcast when he came out and made it very clear. I'm going to respect the culture. I'm the new guy here. Uh, this clubhouse is strong. I'm going to sort of fit in. Well, it took him six weeks before he decided to just set the fucking thing on fire. And it's really unfortunate because 
I think as you're alluding here, Joe, and maybe Crystal as well, uh, he didn't have to say what he said. Uh, obviously, he's got to say something, uh, especially because everybody is just drooling to find out what old school is going to say about new school. I get it. But and in not saying something, sure, he's saying something. If Tony comes out and says, hey, listen, we handled this internally. Hey, we talked. Hey, it's fine. But we talked. It's it, fine. And, you know, and then we can speculate on sure. Yahoo's like me are still going to get on a podcast and freak out and yell at him. Maybe he runs that risk. Sure. But he did far from that. He very clearly said, Joe, as you just said, he's playing major league baseball. Oh, for God's sake. Are you kidding me? There's, they're the best team in baseball. The 25 and 15, they're going to run away with this division. This because this division sucks. And this is what we're talking about. This is what we're forced to talk about. And I'm sorry, you can say this is some kind of like clickbait podcast. Oh, bullshit. We got to talk about this. And it is extremely frustrating that we end up talking about Tony La Russa being an angry grandpa uh, and throwing the one light on this team, the one rookie light on this team under the bus. An unforced error. Again, so many unforced errors, by the way, Tony, this year. This is one you're not even going to get a pass on. And not that we've given you a pass on the fact that uh, you don't know how long you have to challenge on a replay or uh, whether uh, you got to throw your, you have to put your $8 million closer on second base and extra innings. Um, this is something that you, you could have made a choice on. I think as Chris will point out right off the unwritten rules for God's sake and enforce them internally. If you have to just shut the hell up. Uh, talking to uh, the the head of, I'm going to paraphrase him, uh, Twinkie Town, the SBN White Sox site. Um, I had asked him earlier if uh, Tortuga, I'm not even going to pretend that, you know, listen, the, the dude's great, whatever. I think he's was a little hyped in the past, but, you know, whatever. I guess you're mean as now too. Uh, and I want to clear with him, hey, did he have anything to say? And I know these days uh, with the locker room situation, uh, not everybody talks, and I'm guessing Tortuga wasn't maybe on the Zoom post game. I don't know, uh, but somebody didn't get to sneak up on uh, on him uh, and say, "Hey, uh, you know, talk to me." And then you get this, you know, this down low stuff that ends up blowing up, right? So we don't know what he said. Apparently, he was top stepping the White Sox and and whining or crying or spitting. I don't exactly know what he was doing. I guess he was spitting a little venom. Uh, but anyways, uh, uh, TJ, uh, the guy who runs Twinkie Town said, yeah, I don't, I don't think there was really anything, you know, official, whatever. Uh, but then, you know, later on today, he, he added to me, um, all that's left, paraphrasing, all that's left in this season for me to look forward to is seeing Tony La Russa set the White Sox on fire. And of course, my response was, TJ, I don't think you're going to be disappointed. And I hate saying that because this is a team that has enormous potential. And I just feel like somehow this management, and I'm sorry, you're going to, we're going to have to throw more people than just Tony under the bus, the people who hired him and the people who are probably continuing to apologize for him uh, under the bus here. And that, yeah, it seems inevitable that something is going to go wrong. And that's not just the White Sox fan in me, because I don't really buy into that level of bullshit that people say, oh, we're White Sox fans. We're used to it. Yeah. This last decade has sucked. No doubt. This is not, this last decade has not been what a White Sox fan is and what following this team is. This is a uniquely ugly stretch. And now this is the goddamn payoff we get. Even as the team is awesome, we have to be moaning and bellyaching and worrying about What's next? Even with what remains in this game, what is going to happen next? Who's Tony going to bark at next? Um, all right. I've spoken enough guys.
save me before I'm kicked off of this podcast. <laughs> At Evernorth Health Services, we believe costs shouldn't get in the way of life-changing care. And we're doing everything in our power to make it possible. Behavioral health solutions that also keep your projections at their best? It's possible. Pharmacy benefits that benefit your bottom line? It's possible. Complex specialty care that cares about your ROI? It's possible. Because we're already doing it. All while saving businesses billions. That's wonder made possible. Learn more at evernorth.com slash wonder. <laughs> it's just so irritating. We obviously have to remember that of all people, Jerry's the supervillain. Jerry's letting this happen. Jerry does not does not care because at the end of the day, we're still giving him money because they're the they're first. I mean, they're they're doing incredible. We're going to still pay money because we've missed baseball so much. So why does he care what's happening? You know, at a little bit lower level, he just I mean, his, he's going to stick up for his friend, and his friend's going to continue to just not stick up for the team. I mean, I would take. Rocco getting kicked out to be on my side instead of, you know, Tony just completely throwing his star player under the bus. I just, I can't process how insane that is and how destructive he's been. And it's just, it's going to boil down to everybody. I mean, Evan Marshall was liking pro your mean tweets on Twitter. Tim Anderson was on Instagram, you know, saying the game wasn't over. Keep doing it. Like, He's just going to divide it more. And if if Adam Eaton happened to be saying anything last night in that dugout to your mean, what's that going to – he's just going to continue to make sure it implodes just like he did in 2016. Like, they have too many people that just don't stand up for one another. And even if it's just two, that's too, too many. If you have two people in there dividing that clubhouse, it's going to implode before we make it to the World Series. Yeah. Yeah, we couldn't have predicted this, Crystal. We couldn't have predicted that those would be the two people. All right, hey, let me hop in. Here's a thought I had. Uh, has anybody asked Rocco Baldelli uh, what he had to say to uh, Josh Donaldson for pimping a freaking home run when he's down 12 runs? Okay, he didn't pimp it badly, but he stood there and watched it. He's down 10 runs. What's the goddamn unwritten rule about that? Uh, what did he have to say about his player? He's a white player, so maybe he didn't get reprimanded by the white manager. Well, and I mean, this goes back to that one game in Boston where Jermaine was pitching. There was you mean the no, one where Tony gave up on the game yeah, too early? <laughs> there was no, like, drama there. People could hit off of him and there would have been no drama. Like, nobody cared. So why does it matter so much? The White Sox are getting shelled. Nobody cares. But heaven forbid another team is getting shelled and suddenly, oh my gosh, this is the end of the world for Tony. Yeah, and people are bringing in this notion that, hey, you know, this is uh, the twins have dealt this to us for, for decades and I piranhas and all that. At least I get it. But that's not really pertinent here. What's pertinent is one game. It doesn't matter that we kick their ass all season long. It doesn't matter that they're the worst team in baseball and we're the best. And I'm rubbing it in. I don't think it's even being rubbed in. He hit a goddamn home run. He didn't, he didn't, did he do anything? He's a, he decided to jog. I think every major leaguer does that, except Nick Madrigal, who doesn't think he can hit home runs, so he sprints to second base, which was pretty funny, by the way, Nick. Um, I mean, come on. Come on. I was going to say, were any of the hits your mean gave up in that blowout against Boston, were any of those on 3-0 counts? Does that make a difference 
by, <laughs> at all. It really shouldn't, but maybe that was why there was no backlash for that. I have no idea. But this is if that's what if that's why, then that's a dumb unwritten rule. But at least I, I could be like, okay, well, okay, that's at least the dumb rule that people are going off. One wrinkle, but Joe, yeah, okay. I remember getting a little red ass about the fact that who the hell was it? I can't remember the guy's name. He's a guy up and down for a player. Um, stole. Stole on your mean, they're up, mm. whatever, whatever they're on. Stole second base. Now, granted, just I think the prior half inning, he made some bonehead play in left field where he let a double drop that he should have caught. So maybe he's, you know, try- point is this guy's trying to make his way in the major leagues. Uh, stealing off of a non-pitcher is an odd way to make his way in the major leagues as opposed to clocking a home run because you have to, because you have to bat when you're at bat. But uh, I had people defending, um, in more of a general forum, defending the fact, hey, man, this guy's try- trying to scrape. He's trying to stick with Boston. Stealing off of a non-pitcher up, whatever it was, six, eight runs. Uh, how is this any different? In fact, this would seem far more acceptable. Joe, you're right to point out, maybe one little wrinkle that makes this less acceptable is it's a 3-0 count. But as even Roy Smalley's saying, he could wait one more pitch to swing? What in the hell are we talking about? So then it would have been okay. At 3-1, it would have been all right for Roy Smalley, old schooler, to hit a ball 400 feet. For crying out loud, this is what we're talking about. Yes, you are very right. I I listened to the Twins broadcast, and that was one thing that I definitely did not understand. how It it would have been acceptable for him to homer off that (laughs) same pitch on 3-1, but not 3-0. yeah, this is just a very strange constraint, and uh, I really do not want to look through social media and see anyone defending the decision to throw at him. It was, yeah, definitely not something, I'm sure some people are going to take that opinion, but I definitely don't want to see that. I think the good news is the Twins are so bad, I think even Twins diehards have to go like, what in the hell, really? I mean, I'm sure some guys are going to be like, well, what do we have to lose? You know, who cares? Season's over. Twins Ted already, he said something earlier. I don't even follow that kid. He just shows up in my feed so <laughs> often that it's ridiculous. But he even said something earlier. He's like, I swear, if the twins plunk, you're mean tonight. And I was like, yes, thank you for actually, like, being smart about this. I mean, there's no excuse. And that's the whole thing. I And I said it in, like, the group Slack earlier. It's like, I feel like pulling the really good pitcher tonight is going to give them some kind of excuse to hit him without repercussions. I mean, he's not going to get suspended. He got pulled out of the game. I guess, I guess to, uh, to the ump's credit is it seems like immediately after that pitch went inside, not just the pitcher, but the manager were tossed. Um, So I guess there was pretty much zero tolerance there. And we've seen really selective enforcement. That seems to, I guess I'm a White Sox fan. So it seems to work against the Sox more often than not, but maybe that's my inner Hawk Harrelson. And listen, I'll admit years ago, now we're talking many years ago as an old man here, uh, certainly I was more old school. I used to see Albert Pujols, young, young, young Albert Pujols. He used to pimp the hell. And back when this whole notion of pimping, it didn't even exist like a decade ago. What guys do now? There's no uh, stick talk. But uh, Albert would hit one to the moon and he'd stare at it. And I'd be like, damn, what, you know, come, that's not how you play. So I'll even admit, listen, it's possible to change your mind on this stuff. You know, and, you know, I had to look in the mirror and say, okay, what are you getting all agitated about, Brett? You're an idiot. You know, wake up. And if and if everybody else thinks it's okay, or most people think it's okay, then get with the program, man. Change your ways. It's not that hard. I know Tony's 
totally believe it or not, it's far older than me. But really, this is your team. If there's one time to be a be an idiot homer, it's with your team, your rookie, who then comes on, I assume, probably right after Tony. Tony talks first, comes on right after and said, I'm playing my game. And listen, you're mean as me. He's maybe 110. Maybe he could probably even rein it in. I mean, this dude, 2020 spring training saying, see you, see you soon, Chicago. The guy has got, you know, he's got some confidence. Um, but the idea that you're going to end up even making your player coming in afterward look silly uh, by comparison uh, is a shame. Uh, I believe we have a new Southside Sox staff member joining uh, in progress. I know he was itching to get on here. It's Anders Johansson is going to be jumping on, but we'll keep our discussion going as, as Anders hops on with us. Uh, do we make anything? And listen, I brought this up and I think people would push back on me. Uh, but I brought up and I alluded to earlier in this, uh, does the fact that when uh, Anthony Rizzo strikes out Freddie Freeman and it's cute and it breaks, it just kills social media and cut for tweets out a thousand angles of the strikeout. And everybody thinks it's just adorable because it's the Cubbies. Um, well, those guys, those guys are white guys. Uh, the fact that you're mean as a Latin player and a confident Latin player, apparently he's rubbed tons of people wrong. Like Buck Showalter has been rubbed wrong by uh, your mean Mercedes. Uh, and welcome, Anders. We're in progress. So just jump in as you will. But uh, how does this play into it? Does this play into it? Or is this just dumb assery, period? I don't know that race plays into it, but I think it's a whole Cubs are the lovable team in this. Like, I think that's just, everyone just loves them. I think that's what it is. I mean, it could, I could be completely off on that, but I just think it's all is forgiven when it's the Cubs and it's Freddie Freeman, who's just this amazing athlete, but it's, it's bullshit no matter what. I, go ahead, Joe. Yeah. So, yeah, I was going to say, I agree with that has certainly something to do with it. It also may be that everyone is just cheering for the underdog to win in that situation where uh, Rizzo, who obviously isn't a pitcher, is pitching to 2020's NL MVP, and he gets a very unexpected strikeout. Perhaps everyone was cheering for Astadio to get you know, the uh, the get a one, two, three inning, and then when Mercedes swings away on 3-0 and hits a home run, maybe that kind of I don't know, left a sour taste in some people's mouths, but certainly um, should not have resulted in any sort of a controversy, in my opinion. Okay, Anders, we have already um, dispensed with much of the profanity in the podcast uh, (laughs) led by uh, me, but welcome. Welcome, Southside Size. Glad you jumped on with us. And because you (laughs) came in a few minutes late, yes, we can. You're good, looking good, good, sounding good. (laughs) Cool. uh, Eastern time zone in the house. Once again, yeah. the God dang central time zone cheeses out on me. This has been a recurring theme, Anders. You're hopping on late, but these two, the, the entirety of the Indianapolis field office for Southside Sox, Crystal and Joe are always on with me whenever I make these calls. Central time zone just falls asleep. They got better things to do. So thanks for making it a four for four Eastern time zone pushing 1030 at night for God's sake. And we're wrapping on this. Anders, you did not get a chance to say your piece because you're coming in late, but you're just general thoughts uh, on what the hell is transpiring because we did call this emergency podcast to have to address the fact that Tony La Russa decided to 
chuck your mean under the bus and enforce the unwritten rules. Right. Enforce. Wink, wink. Yeah. <laughs> and and unwritten. Even more wink, wink. Mm. Uh, I think one of the most frustrating things for me is that this is happening to a rookie who's off to an incredible start to his season. Uh, he's, you know, uh, I don't know if he still is, but at one point he was leading all of baseball and batting average, uh, just cranking home runs with minimal effort, uh, or at least we think it's minimal effort, <laughs> but he, it looks like he's swinging out of his shoes every time. Uh, but why, why would you come out and throw this kid under the bus in the middle of the season that he's having? And you're, you're just so willing to say like, point the finger at him. He missed the sign. He was supposed to take the pitch three Oh, uh, this is just I hope it doesn't wreck his confidence, but I wouldn't be surprised if that is what happens. I mean, based on on what he's done so far in the game tonight, or uh, I don't, I literally just got off work, so I don't even know where the game is at. I don't know if it's over or anything, but I know he had at least one hit tonight, so uh, he's he's at least still on track there. Uh, just looking now, they're they're four to two in the top of the eighth. Well, Anders, to catch you up, uh, yeah. some Yahoo named uh, Duffy threw first pitch threw at. Um, uh, your mean uh, was ejected. Baldelli ejected. So there was some Good. old school enforcement of the whatever the hell rules. Uh, we don't know yet what the counter the counter punch from Tony is because Lord knows right. now his old school. Um, uh, he's being challenged old school. So what's he going <laughs> to do? Is it going to be a fist fight in in the, in the tunnel underneath uh, underneath the stands? Uh, who? What twins are going to be hit? Is he going to just have a pitcher throw at Baldelli? Um, who knows? <laughs> this is really, really exciting. And uh, again, as, as up top pointed out, White Sox best team in baseball. And this is, this is what we're discussing. And, uh, we don't have to, but yeah, we sort of do. Uh, it's reprehensible. It, it's sickening that this is something we have to be addressing. Um, perhaps before it gets out of hand, I would love to know that somebody might rein Tony in that Rick Hahn had the authority to say, Tony, Let's do something different next time. But that ain't going to happen because there's only one person Tony reports to. And Rick Hahn likes his job. You know, maybe to his detriment, he likes his job. He's not going to have anything to say to Tony LaRusso. Right. Well, I mean, we'd all like something to happen to Tony, but uh, <laughs> that that's probably far from uh, the reality. So as they say, success is the best revenge. Let's just keep winning and, and push those twins further down in the standings. I think we'd all be happy with that. Yeah. Anders, you, you made the point. It came up earlier as well. We're talking about a rookie. We're talking about a guy who's been a, the light of the league. Um, he's been the most exciting player on the team. And that is, that's no small feat, given how great this team has been this year and how many breakout stars, uh, young or older, there have been. Uh, and you don't want him to hesitate. I don't think he, he's a pretty confident kid. I don't think it's going to really affect him. But just one time having a catch in his head, being put in the situation again in the future, uh, you've now potentially thrown a little doubt into him. Why in the world are you going to do that? He's going to slump as it is. This could be his year. This could be his month. This could be his half of a season. We don't know that this guy's going to be Nelson Cruz. This right. After 10 years in the minor leagues or whatever. And this is, he's finally getting his shot. And now he's, uh, he's the nemesis, according to Tony LaRusa. For God's sake. Yeah. He's not playing major league baseball, Anders. Right. He's not playing major league baseball. Oh, whatever that is anymore. Sake. I think that's the worst of all of it. When you think about how much he's been through just in his, you know, career, think about how many opportunities he never was granted on other teams. I mean, he's been this insane success story. This team has been an insane success story. Like you're first in the league, but yet you're sitting here taking all of the attention because you 
want to make some shitty old school comment and not care about your players or your team or the clubhouse. I think it's just ridiculous that he's sitting here taking all of their attention, this amazing team that should be in the spotlight, and he is just making a mockery out of the entire team because he can't just be present and with it and not some dinosaur manager. All's well that ended well. Uh, a couple of games ago when Yohan Mankata blew through a stop sign and was thrown out at home, White Sox ended up winning that game. And of course, Yohan Mankata is a veteran, but we didn't hear anything about um, breaking rules, missing signs then. And I understand those two are different players, uh, but establishing uh, a consistent standard, especially when Tony came in and said he was going to respect culture. He maybe he needed to leave it at Adam Eaton now apparently likely guilty for lecturing in the dugout. We speculated and uh, apparently Adam maybe was smiling as he was talking. So people thought, well, maybe he was saying great hit. You're mean, right. That was going to happen. So apparently he did read him the riot act. Maybe it should have been just left at that. That's probably going over the line. Maybe Tony should have just said it was handled. It was handled internally. Our players had to talk with them. Good and bad done. And that's really all you need to say. There's, there's no reason to go any further and point fingers, especially at a young player. Like if you want to, if you want to rag on a veteran, someone who should know better and say, Hey, you, you know, he, you missed this call. Maybe the Sox need to go over their signs again. <laughs> maybe, uh, maybe people need to be, need to brush up on signs. I, I feel like uh, a three Oh take sign should be something that even a rookie would be able to get. So, you know, I, and- I, I don't know. And we've seen the video now, I think from the stands, I don't know if there were other angles, we've seen the video where La Russa is out of the dugout as, as Yermin uh, uh, is rounding the bases, he's out of the dugout gesturing like, and people are saying, well, maybe he's catching shit from Minnesota. I don't think so. It looks right. like he wants to jump down Yermin's throat before he even hits home plate. So it's not like something <laughs> he thought about overnight. It's like, God, I really, man, I really got to enforce this. It's going to get out of hand. Yermin might hit too many homers. Uh, no, he was, he had the red ass, uh, seconds after he swung, forget if it was a homer or not seconds after he swung. Yeah. He was on the field, ready to go. Yes, uh, You don't see that. You just don't see that happen. I mean, we've been wondering, I, I think somebody, uh, uh, somewhat cattily on site in the comments, um, or maybe it was in our Slack, uh, suggested maybe a bat boy sit next to Tony and just poke him at proper times. That was probably Colleen or Crystal, so I don't know, somebody. But this is the one time he's awake. This is the one time he jumps out. He, you know, Tony, you could have just slept through the rest of the game. They won. Your team won. You could have taken your nap in the clubhouse and said, this is what you're on the field for. Not necessarily standing up for your team. This is what you're on the field for. For God's sake. Where is this gonna go? <laughs> Help me, guys. <laughs> no, I can't. Like, I can't. I try so hard. Like, since the announcement that he was even hired, I have just continuously tried to like find any no choice, Crystal. We do need to try. Like any good. I've tried to find day any one. Good I was unhappy <laughs> and bringing yeah. him on. And I can't, like, I can't. And then he just does shit like this weekly, almost daily. And I, I can't rationalize this. I can't understand why there's anyone that is still defending him and claiming to, like, be a Sox fan. I just, 
I can't do it anymore. And you know, too many mental gymnastics and I am tired. And you know, uh, yeah. And the mental gymnastics is something that Tony clearly, um, you know, I want to be ageist about it, but he clearly hasn't demonstrated uh, a capacity for it. And here's another thing he blew. He said he missed the sign. And, you know, people pointed out uh, uh, Tortuga was just chucking the ball. He had like three seconds to get a sign. Yeah, you can still glance down. There's no excuse there. You can still glance down. You know what he needed to say? Automatic for a rookie. Automatic for your mean. Automatic for me on this team. Up 10. You know, here, here's the rules here. You know, keep them in your uh, sleeve. Here's the rules. Um, up 3-0. Up, uh, 3-0 count. Up 10. Automatic take. Why does he even get into the fact that there's a sign he's supposed to see? That's another way he could have saved himself. Now, it would have been lame. People would have still been in an uproar. But that might've been even more legit. Hey, this is what we taught him in spring training. You don't do that. And you may disagree or not, but that's just the guideline I have as the manager. He's got to respect that. This idea that he need to look down, you know, between, you know, okay, well, what do I do? You know, guy hungry, hungry to hit. Loves playing the game. I'm just saying my daughter plays softball. She is eight years old. They beat their team on Saturday. They beat the other team on Saturday, 25 to nothing. There was no mercy rule. There was no, oh, we're up by 25. Let's just give these poor girls a break and let them hit. No, there was nothing. And they're not even getting paid. They're not professionally doing this. So I'm sorry that if you don't even expect an eight-year-old softball player to have all of these unwritten rules, then maybe you shouldn't expect a major league baseball player to also follow your dumb rules. Crystal, don't try to con us here. Your daughter is paid in orange slices and in post-game pizza. Now let's be honest, but you okay. Got, as it should be. Well, yes, got, point uh, taken. Today. Point taken. And listen, no offense to your daughter, but until she wins a Little League World Series game 55 to one, like <laughs> one of us in this chat did, maybe you've heard me brag about it before. Ooh, humble I'll brag, humble up. brag. I'll just shut up. But um, <laughs> no, seriously, for God's sake. Uh, wait. Joe, talk to me. <laughs> it is certainly a uh, just a very weird constraint i and uh, yeah like that's a very good point about how in if you know this these you know, little league softball teams aren't going to have to have these strange ways of expressing good sportsmanship i don't understand how i i uh, why major league baseball players would have to be held to these kinds of weird abil- uh, standards when they're competing for money. And especially for um, Mercedes with his situation, uh, not only being in arbitration, but having been in the minors year after year after year and only now getting a chance due to essentially the injury to Eloy Jimenez. And it's, uh, it, there's just not, it's a frustrating situation for sure. And, um, you know, the White Sox most likely at the end of tonight will be 26 and 15. And that makes me happy. Um, it is just so strange that there's this much baggage coming from their manager, despite such a great first quarter of the season. Okay. Last thought as we are winding down and Zoom is going to yell at us soon. Um, at this point, there's some real practical reason. We talk about the mockery of the game being made by position players and, and clearly position players pitching is a thing. It was cute, starting to get a little tiresome now as a strange bullpen saving measure. 
Uh, at what point, and this is a serious point. I mean, we already got the runner on second and extra innings rule, which is bullshit. Uh, why in the world can't we just forfeit games? Can't Rocco say at some point, I'm going to pull my team off the field? Because if you're going to try to enforce this nonsense, you, essentially what you're saying is I should be able to quit. The White Sox should selectively quit or the Twins should be able to leave the field. Uh, I understand that's a mockery of the game, but we're already sort of pushing it, pandemic rules or not. We're already sort of pushing that. Should Rocco just be able to say, all right, guys, yeah, hey, listen, we're, we're down, it's late, we're done. Maybe. I mean, they did that pretty much in spring training, correct? <laughs> yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. Yeah. You know, ground that in the middle of an inning. Yeah. They'd be like, all right, we're, we're uh, my pitcher's throwing enough pitches right. this inning. We're just, we'll go to the next half inning. Right. Can't we have some understanding ground rules saying, okay, listen, uh, I may pull my team off. We're really stretched in. And I know that's, that's not, that's, that's not gamesmanship. That's certainly not old school, but it's a logical extension of these arguments being made for God's sake. We do that in little league. It's a five run rule every inning. Saw it quite a bit. It just, it just, it just gets your daughter her orange slices quicker and her post-game pizza slick quicker. Come on. She hungry. That's a lot of running around the bases. Come on. I, I mean, to your point, I'm surprised we're even letting position players pitch anymore. It's, I mean, I know there's the Twitter account position players pitching or whatever. So, I mean, there's, there's an entertaining aspect to it, but it's, if you want to talk about like the integrity of the game and, and the respect of the game, I feel like that should not even be a thing anymore. Um, so moving forward, I'd like to see some, some more enforcement of some type of qualification for being a pitcher, maybe throwing harder than 49 miles per hour should be one of them. Um, and I thought there was like a big deal made about Shohei Otani being declared a pitcher like last year and major league baseball was like, well, if he's supposed to be a pitcher, he's got to be a a full-time only a pitcher for an entire season or something like that. Correct me if I'm wrong, but I remember something about Otani and and baseball wasn't happy about it, but there should be more of a, (laughs) more of something at least enforced. Uh, for these people to come if, in as a pitcher. If we're going to keep doing it, let's just not get a bunch of underwear over it. Let's just throw the rules out because clearly you've thrown the rules out by making the guy a pitcher. So let's just stop calling him well, he's not a pitcher. So let's protect him. The guy doesn't need depends. For God's sake, just let him pitch. If he gets rocked, he gets rocked, for God's sake. All right. This podcast, at times profane, uh, at times insightful, uh, uh, always entertaining. You guys know it. Come on. You're listening. You might be watching. You know this was a lot of fun. Okay. Emergency podcast is coming to a close. Crystal and Joe in the Indianapolis field office, thank you again for jumping on. Anders, welcome to the team. Thank you for making hey, the late thank uh, you. Having uh, to be here. Reporting jump live from on Charlotte. here. Yeah, sweet. <laughs> and uh, we'll be doing a lot of stuff uh, uh, with you uh, in days to come. Uh, thanks, everybody, for reading, watching. Obviously, all the comments are very fire right now, including Billy O.K. is back. Yes, and he's, he's bringing dead. the fire. Uh, thanks everybody for listening uh we'll get this up here as soon as possible uh as the breaking news happens and who knows maybe six other people have been hitting the game as we've been talking thanks everybody for listening